Welcome back to another Ghost Gold Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with the great Neil Morse. Check it out. And the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in the great Neil Morris. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great, man. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm super excited to talk to you about the Cover to Covers project with uh, Randy and Mike. But of course, first thing, in, you know, first things first, we live in an insane time in the year in the world this year. And I just want to yeah. make sure that, that you're well, your family's well, everybody in your circle of band friends, their families are well. Um, I try to be sensitive to the fact that we're all as much as I love music and this is all entertainment and superfluous to people struggling and people sick and people suffering. So I want to just make sure you're good. And yeah, everybody I'm good and everybody around me is good. I've only, I only know, I have one friend uh, whose mother passed. Uh, I, I know a lot of people that, that tested positive, but nobody that got like super sick. Um, so I, I'm praying that that will continue. Well, that's a relief. Yeah. Um, this thing is far from over. And of course, we live in, an, in just a time of civil unrest like we've never seen probably in 20 or 30 years. Um, so, yeah, it's just tough times. And I'm always sensitive to make sure that everybody's OK before we go on and talk about art and cover songs and music, you know, because yeah. uh, we still have to live in this world, even though, you know, um, yeah, you know, we love entertainment and uh, we don't stop being human beings because uh we have a story to chase. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, uh, congrats on another awesome cover to cover record. And you guys just put a new video out today for It Don't Come Easy, the Ringo Starr cover. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. That came out today. Yeah. Came out today. We got the treat of Mike singing lead, which I don't think we're starting to get to hear him sing now a lot more. But it was a period of time when it was kind of a mystery Um you know, he would sing a backup and stuff like that, of course, in his whole career, but he killed it. He did a great job. He's such a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. I really like his voice. It has such a, a unique quality. I like the mellowness of it. I've written things from time to time for, you know, for him to sing. Um, I thought he sounded great on my testimony album on Somber Days and that uh, the, the alternate line in the chorus, you know, for example. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like his voice, too. And you guys uh, match each other really well uh, vocally, which is really cool, especially for a project like this. So if it's a bunch of tracks of you and then there's kind of this mic track in the mm -hmm. mix, that's really like a nice change of pace. And yeah. um, I don't know if you've seen the finished video. The video is wonderful. It's like all these uh, Polaroid photographs coming to life with everybody kind of yeah. singing. Yeah, that, uh, that was really nice. Christian Rios put that together. That was a really good job. <laughs> Yeah, it's a we it's a weird time. Everybody's becoming very inventive with their video treatments and like doing cool things because we obviously can't be all together like you normally might. Yeah, um, you got to be creative. Yeah. You got to be creative. So, an uh, I really love these choices, and the other two cover records are awesome as well. A lot of a lot of classic rock, a lot of really good heartfelt stuff. But there's some really um, you know, I always like cover songs. It's kind of funny, like the first band anybody is ever in, your most people's first experience with all music is to play someone else's music. Right, and so, yeah. And so I always, I love covers personally, and I always feel like there's a really great, like, innocence and a purity to another artist interpreting somebody else's song. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, you know. Uh, these It started off with us... Um, 
just doing a couple covers at the end of sessions if we had time um, for bonus tracks for special editions and, and things like that. I think the first time I ever did it was probably with Spock's beard way back when the, uh, the Japanese label asked for bonus tracks and we were like, well, what can we give them? Uh, well, let's bang out Stratus by Billy Cobham or you know, bang out something that we used to jam to. And uh, that, was, that was my first experience of it. And then, of course, later on, you know, with Transatlantic, um, you know, we, we covered some pretty cool stuff. Shine On Crazy Diamond was really good for the, for the special edition. So anyway, Mike and I began to look forward to that. Every, any session we were doing, we'd try to plan it so we had a little extra time at the end to bang out some covers. It's especially fun after you've worked on some really intricate music to just get together and play something really simple. And uh, so a lot of times we try to pick things that we can just bang out, so to speak. And it started, so, so the first two covers of cover records are actually a collection of bonus tracks. Uh, but this one is the first one that we actually set out to make an actual record. Amazing. Uh, well, I'm glad you did. Uh, and, I, and the three of them are coming out together. Let me not fail to mention that on... July 24th via Inside Out Music, the great Inside Out. And, um, you know, home to many of your projects and uh, all great, you know, Mike's projects and Randy's. So uh, what a great label to be on and in great company. And they do a, they do a really nice job when it comes to like the big package, like they're going to put out with the triple. So yeah. I love like all the expanded artwork and st- like the funny, fancy vinyls. I'm a big sucker for um, okay. a bit. I'm not a big fit. I'm not a big guy on commercialism and buying stuff, but as a music fan, I, I am so passionate that vinyl made a big comeback and uh, yeah. kind of t- takes me back to my childhood. <laughs> the seventies yeah. and eighties of buying vinyls. But um, yeah, man, these covers are fantastic. And um, the Baker street video was also really cool. Of course, you know, uh, the mystery of the sax player is still out there. <laughs> the <laughs> internet is a buzz trying to figure out who is the sax player. It's not one of you. I don't think. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that is uh, the guy who played sax on all that, and also one more, one more Red Nightmare, the the King Crimson tune is a guy named Jim Hope. He's oh, a sure. local, he's a local Nashville uh, artist, and he's uh, he's really a great player. He, he's been doing horns and other things for me. He also plays other instruments. He's a multi instrumentalist and an amazing artist in his own right. And, um, he's been working with me for years. And uh, the Baker Street cover is fantastic. I love, it's it's such a identifiable song with that era. Uh, and uh, and Rafferty, I always felt like he was very underrated, right? Steeler's Wheel was very underrated. People know the one song from movies and stuff, but he was really a very fine artist and like very deep albums. And so Baker Street's a great song. And, I, and the guitar solo, like the minute you hear that flourish at the beginning of the song, you know what song it is. It was like a uh, like a radio classic, right? The minute it came on, you knew immediately what was that sax parts coming next. And yeah. you guys, you guys killed it. And uh, it's a great another another really uh, good choice for you vocally too. Yeah, that was the thing that got me. I, I you know I always liked Baker Street, but it would I wouldn't have been on my list. It was on Mike's list. And I was like, well, I guess we you know I'm okay, well, we can try it. You know, as soon as we started playing it, and he started doing this kind of Keith Moon approach to it. And then when we got down to it, to it and I was just singing the verses with, with just guitar, I really liked it with just 
guitar and I really could feel the lyrics. It really came alive for me as we were doing it. Yeah, it's a fantastic track. And uh, so, it's, so it's interesting you guys came in with your own lists. I love to hear about the lists and the choosing. <laughs> yeah, well, we start that, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll sit down at the beginning of one of these sessions and we'll have dinner or lunch or depending on the time of day. And we'll start talking about the album that we're going to make, you know, what, whatever our vision is. Mike usually has, he's a big picture guy, so he, has, he usually has a, a vision. Uh, and so, we'll, you know, we usually talk about that. And invariably, somebody will say, well, that's all well and good, but what covers are we going to do? You know, it's covers are sort of like the, the dessert, you know. And uh, so we'd start kicking around and, you know, Randy will say, oh, well, you know, I got to tell you, something I've always wanted to do is blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe we'll go like, oh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. For me, a lot of it's about, like you said, whether I can do a convincing vocal on it. Uh, some of the, Mike suggested a lot of things this time that I was just like, well, sorry, but I really wouldn't be able to do that justice vocally. Uh, you know, I can figure out how to play a lot of different things and get different tones. And, you know, I feel like I can play, you know, almost any rock or pop song. Uh, it's not going to stump me or anything. Most of them, it's really easy. Um, but vocally, you can only do what you can do. So that's a big factor in deciding for me. Um, and I had several things on my list this time that we never got to, uh, mainly because if Mike doesn't know it, he doesn't really want to take the time to learn anything, even if it's really simple. So usually it'll, it'll only be stuff that he kind of already knows a little bit. Every once in a while we'll do something that he doesn't know at all, but not not very often. Hmm, good to know. And what about Randy? Which uh, What were Randy's picks? Uh, Baker Street was on Randy's list. Um, and I think the uh, No Opportunity, the Yes tune was also on Randy's list and Mike's. Um, they 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 kick that around. I, I should call up the. Let me let me bring up the the set the the track listing, not the set. Let me look. Yeah, uh, I suggested him forty three, and Randy got was right right in on that one, and uh, you know he, Randy didn't choose that many on this one. But he has on others. I mean, I know what is, I remember what is life. Uh, the George Harrison tune was one of Randy's. Um, yeah, I'd have to have the track list in front of me. But anyway. Yeah, no worries. And uh, the yes tune doesn't surprise me with Randy because great bass lines and great basses think alike. Um, yeah. I also, I, uh, I took note, and you guys have covered Bowie before, and it's cool to see Tom Petty on there. Uh, rest in peace, Tom. But I love that you guys picked two Squeeze songs because I feel like that's another really great pop band that people don't appreciate enough now. Um, yeah. And you kind of pick, even though they're hits, I still think that they're like, they're not top of mind to a lot of people. So let's see, uh, are you the major uh, Squeeze fan of everybody? Yeah, yeah, I was. that was mine. I, I used to do Black Coffee in Bed in the clubs in the 80s. Um, I used to sing that one. And so um, I didn't sing Tempted in my old cover band, the drummer sang Tempted. Uh, so I actually struggled with singing that one a little bit. Uh, but Black Coffee in Bed was like totally, totally mine. I think it might have been Mike's idea to go straight into Tempted from that. 
I, I can't remember now. We just kind of put those two together and it seemed to work. Nice call. Uh, and again, yeah. it's, a ba- it's a band that I don't think uh, a lot of people get, um, you know, doesn't come up a lot, but it should. They're a great 80s Brit yeah. rock pop band. And uh, But again, also, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like uh, the one-hit wonders of the 80s and 70s are some, sometimes some of the best musicianship you've ever heard and far outpaced today's stuff. And I'm not just making like a grumpy old man statement on myself. Maybe I am. But um, it just seems like, wow, these songs were like really created with care, beautiful production you know, great melodies. And they were like, you know, I mean, Squeeze is not a one hit wonder band. They have many hits, but like a lot of bands just came in and went, but like that one song was immaculate. Yeah. Yeah. I really like them too. Glad to be able to do that. Yeah. Nice stuff. Um, and then uh, I, I had, I, I also have to just point out the, the Lenny Kravitz, right? Let Love Rule is such a, a great song and a, and a, and a song for right now is a kind of like the song the world needs right now is, is that yeah. song. Um, yeah, that was my I, idea. And it was interesting. We didn't have much time. We thought we were going to have like a day and a half at the end uh, when Mike flew out here, I believe it was in November. <laughs> uh, when Mike flew out here to uh, record drums on the new transatlantic and uh, we thought, Oh, let's, you know, let's do this cover album, you know, also at the end well he took longer to get the drums done on the transatlantic and so we didn't start doing his drums till about i think three o'clock on the last day and uh you know we got a break for dinner too so that only leaves you about six hours or something like that you know um but we got it done but one of the ways we moved quickly was on let love rule uh, we we put the track, we got an MP3 of the song, of the original recording, and put it up in Pro Tools, and Mike just played drums to it. And then I took the drum track and changed the key and built the built the whole song and then uh, around that, and then uh, did a little editing too. I cut and pasted a few things. And then I sent it to Randy, who did bass on it. And, but I think Let Love Rule, I mean, I'm really... You know, when we start, when you start something like that and you, all you have is this little drum track and you just start working on it and you don't really even know how you're going to sound on it. I'm, you know, I became really surprised as it went on how good that one came out. I'm really happy with that one. Nice. I'm glad to hear it, man. Uh, how do you have time to do all these things? When do you sleep? You work so hard and <laughs> so many plates you seem to be spinning every year. I can't believe uh, how much stuff you have going on. Well, you know, this, the cover to cover album, you know, like I said, Mike did his drums in like about six or seven hours. I spent about two weeks. I spent about two weeks doing all my stuff on it. And then, uh, you know, then uh, Jerry mixed this one, right? Yeah. Jerry, I think Jerry, he mixed it. Um, but you know, it's pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. Whereas I'm like, I have a new album, a new progressive rock album, concept album called Solar Gratia that I've started in February and just finished. And it's coming out September 11th and we're going to debut it at Morse Fest in September. Um, but that, you know, that, that, you know, when you're writing something and then, you know, recording almost, you know, the bulk of it yourself. I mean, that was, that that's a lot of work <laughs> that took me several months you know of course but, uh, yeah the, the covers is still much easier and a lot of fun 
Nice, of course. Uh, well, it's good to see that at least the lockdown didn't uh, stifle you. I know, I'm sure you lost some tour dates and you had stuff planned. And you've been Oh, yeah, yeah. Flying Colors was going to headline Cruise to the Edge, and yeah. uh, that was canceled. Um, but thankfully, you know, I didn't have a lot of stuff in the on the books that I had to cancel. Um, so um, I just hunkered down and made this new record. That's It was wound up being you know, in a way for me, a, a good thing really that I had so much time at home and with, with nothing else that I could do. Cause a lot of times when you can do other things, maybe you will, but when you just can't do anything else, you know, so it wound up in a, in a way being a bit of a silver lining to the cloud that we had, you know? Nice. Uh, it's good to hear. And, uh, so is this new record uh, the Neil Morse Band project, or is it just your solo? It's me solo because I wrote it solo. But they are all playing on it. Um, you know, Eric does, takes a solo at the end. And they're not, you know, Eric and Bill aren't playing on, on it as much. You know, they just did a few things. But Randy's playing bass on the whole thing, and Mike's playing, playing drums on everything but one song, because I actually... Uh, decided I wanted to use the drums that I, the demo drums that I had recorded uh, that I played uh, and I asked Mike hey what do you think do you want to because on this one song I just wanted a little bit simpler approach than what he did and I asked him if he wanted to redo them or I could use the demo drums and I think you know he was he was over it th at that time <laughs> by then he was on to other things and he was like yeah just use your demo drums man that's cool so, uh, but Mike's playing, it was the first album, that, it's the first album that we ever made remotely. Um, this uh, Solo Gutierrez is the first one. And Mike used about five different drum sets from his house. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different record right? because of, uh, you know, how it was made and what, what was happening. Very interesting. And I, and I know, uh, you know, there's no replacing being in the room and having a rapport with somebody you're very comfortable with making music, but it's cool right. that we have this technology and we're able to kind of bridge these divides, especially who knows what the future is going to hold. And I, I hope we uh, get it all back eventually and uh, safely and, ha and healthily. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer, but uh, I'm super stoked. That, again, you had such a huge like last few years where you were just busy, busy, busy albums and tours um so maybe the break was good for you and uh you have to li i always say like you have to you can work all the time but you have to live in between to have experiences to pour into your next project right yeah yeah totally totally uh, you could write songs all the live long day but what are they going to be about right what do you, you have to live yeah so um yeah, yeah it's good to know i'm excited for some more uh neil morse music that's very yeah cool. yeah it, it, this album's kind of along the lines of solo scriptura <laughs> Um, or a question mark, you know, that kind of a thing. It's one continuous, long, progressive rock epic telling a story. It's telling the story of the Apostle Paul this time. Sure. So uh, if you like those records, I think you'll really like this one. I do like those records. Uh, and, and I'll just finish up as we wind this down. I want to give you back your time. Um, I, I had the fortune to see the, the Neil Morris Band show in Long Island, which was one of the best shows I have ever seen of any artist. Uh, it was really beautifully put together and performed. And I love that one thing about you is you are very comfortable honoring your whole career and every little element of it. Nothing seen, I know you may not do that 
in the future, that approach, but I was really felt lucky to be there because, you know, when are you going to get to see this and everything just, you know, performed just so, and the production was incredible. So I like, I, you know, there are a lot of artists who are uncomfortable with their own body of work. Mm. Um, and you, you are kind of like the Tony Bennett of progressive rock. You have made so many records, you could lose track. <laughs> you right. would, but you could if you were, you know, in my in my shoes. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm looking at a list here uh, of records, but um, yeah, I, I'm just thankful that you, uh, you know, you appreciate all your work and you're happy to share the fans. You listen to what the fans want too, and they, you please yourself, you please the fans. It works out for everybody. Oh well, thank you, man. I'm very grateful. Yeah. Uh, congrats on this third cover to cover album and the the, the package that's going to come out and I uh, hope to get to see you at Morse Fest or on the road in the future. Yeah, cool. Hey, there's one other thing I wanted to add. Um, I have my own streaming app called Waterfall and if people want to be part of it, there's like a hundred albums of mine talking about my catalog, right? Sure. Uh, it's all on there and I think you can join at www.waterfallstreaming.com and also my new album Solo Gratia is going to be released on Waterfall early so you'll be able to Waterfall users will be able to hear it before it comes out so just wanted to mention that no I'm glad you did that's amazing I will uh, we'll list the link in the post and I will also sign up myself because that's awesome oh cool I'm so, thank I'm you so man so excited yeah I appreciate that Neil man thanks for spending some time with Ghost Cult I, it's great to see you and uh, it's great to talk to you I hope the Catch you live again soon. When things All right, man. Thank you. Better. You take care. You too. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultman.com. We're out. Peace.